When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Hello. Here we go. It's the Copyright Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Copyright Podcast. It's Mick and it's Christian once again. Christian, how's it going? Yeah, good. My voice is back now. Uh, and we are back now after a, like a, almost like a one and a half week of of cold, like having a cold. You, you you had a cold and I had a cold and my voice was gone so we couldn't do any shows because, yeah, I wasn't available. And then obviously that's the time now when, you know, December and January and all that kind of stuff, winter time, you just get cold, especially if you've got kids and stuff that bring it home from preschool and yeah, it's shit. But uh, now we're back. So I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, we were just looking before, weren't we? How long? It's been like a week and a half, but yeah, I've been I've been on my ass the past like week. I still am, to be fair. I'm still not a hundred percent there, but um, my throat, 100%. yeah, my throat at least sounds a bit better than it did. So I thought it'd be a good time to jump on and obviously talk about the um, the Reds have had a couple of games uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, well, last week, last Sunday, and then on Friday as well. Um, yeah, just about the Reds, some transfer rumours, because we know we both love talking about them. I absolutely love them, so I thought I'd talk about them again. <laughs> and then, yeah, just look ahead to Man City, which is only four days away. Uh, but I have to thought we start with uh, Leon Lost 3-1. Uh, I mean, friendlies are friendlies, aren't they? It doesn't really matter that much, especially especially a first game back. But, um, yeah, Carvalho gets a nice early goal. Um, we could go two up. Salah misses a pen, and then yeah, they kind of just come back into the into the game and end up bagging three. I think Lacazette gets one of them, um, but I'd kind, of, I'd kind of switched off towards the end. Not switched the channel over, like switched off like mentally because I was just like, I can't be asked for friendlies this shit. And especially like when it's not it's not even a pre season friendly; it's like a mid season friendly because we're halfway, we're like a quarter through the season and we're having a break because of the World Cup, and you're either watching the World Cup and enjoying it or. Um, like you, Christian, you haven't really been watching any of it, so you've not really had any footy to watch. I've watched bits of it, to be fair, but I think it's just nice to have just have Liverpool back and just yeah, just the Reds are just back. And it's just nice, isn't it? Yeah, and like you said, like pre-season friendlies are <clears throat> in one way obviously more interesting because. That's the start of the season. You're looking forward to a new season. There's loads of things going on. You know, you're really pumped up for a new season. So these kind of, you know, friendlies is only there because of the World Cup, uh, because it's a big break. And obviously you need them uh, because you need to keep the players who aren't playing the World Cup uh, fit and you need to keep some kind of momentum and rhythm. Uh, but like you said, we 
we lost 3-1 against Lyon, even though we had a good start with that early goal and we could have had a 2-0 uh, lead with Salah uh, gets that penalty. But uh, obviously it's a it's a save. It's not. A, I've seen the highlights. I didn't really see the games, but I've seen the highlights obviously afterwards and it wasn't the best penalty. But yeah, like I said, comes back uh, fully on just before the half time, and then obviously from there they just take over. But it's like you said, the the important thing with uh, these kind of uh, games is only to actually keep players fit and make sure that we can you know keep it going until the season actually starts again. So it's like we're gonna talk about Milan as well, but it's like it's nice to win, but it's you know don't bother that much if you lose. It's more like hopefully no injuries and did some players do well? Did they get uh, game time in the legs and all that? So yeah, it, it's just good, but uh, yeah, um, it was wasn't the best like game in terms of uh, the result, obviously. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's like it's one of them. Like you, when obviously we beat Milan, and that's nice when you look at the results and then you look at the the highlights and stuff. But if you lose, you're just like, well, it's just a pre pre season friendly. I think Harvey Elliott picked up an injury in that one. Uh, played against Milan, so he's 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 fine. But um, it's just one of those yeah. that we want we want players back. We want obviously training in Dubai and stuff. So they've got nice weather. Uh, just just kind of get ourselves back on track because the season's been a, the Premier League season's just been a just been a bit of fucking a mad one really obviously we won our last two against was it Southampton and Spurs but up until that point we were kind of winning and then fucking up and then winning again and then just not getting any momentum together so the fact that we finished with the two wins puts us in a much better position um, and obviously we're going to talk about Man City and which is in four days time and then we've got Villa as well on Boxing Day which is when the, the, the big games start happening again so I'm looking forward to that uh, but yeah so just on the on the Milan game then, uh, Friday, um, yeah, a nice early start again. Like both games, you got an early start. Carvalho again in the Leon game. Salah got the one uh, against Milan. A nice little finish. Joel Matip does what Joel Matip does best: runs forward with the ball, hundred miles an hour. Plays a one-two. Plays it in Salah's feet, and Salah goes nice one, Matip, and then just bags it. Uh, Sailor Sailor Makers. I'm just absolutely butchering names here, lad. Sailor Sailor Makers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, you know, it's it's, it's, it's Belgian, isn't he? So I don't know. I don't have a clue. <laughs> He's what? He's Belgian. I think so. Yeah, he's from Belgium, isn't he? Oh, is that how you say Belgium? Belgium. Can I say he's, he's Belgian? Isn't that something? How, what do you What do you say? Isn't that how you say it? Oh, I thought you said Belgian, not Belgium. <laughs> He's, he's a Belgian. He's, he's a massive Belgian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that he got anyway. He got one back uh, just before half an hour. Thiago scores a a beauty just before half time. Yeah. Um, yeah. The little the little flick from see the little flick from Firmino for that one. He done, he done like a little flick with the out like the back of his heel. Which I think it it took me like the third like replay from a different angle to properly see if he meant it or not. But then you're like, it's Bobby for me. No, he definitely meant it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Thiago just goes bang, slices it bottom corner, which was a nice little finish to put us two one up. And then um, yeah, wholesale wholesale changes of course on half an hour. Uh, Adrian comes on Keller uh, Keller Simakas comes on Cater Nunes Carvalho. Nat Phillips, Bobby Clark, Ben Doak, all come on just before the game ends. Um, and yeah, Darwin Nunes scores two. And two very good goals, weren't they? Yeah, and you know, uh, 
also just to take on uh, the first goal uh, when Salah scores. It's it's nice to see because I, you know you read into what the, the Klopp and Pep have said now just before you know going back to the action again in Premier League and Champions League and you know domestic cups. Um, they wanted to go back to be able to play in a way that you know uh, hurt teams again like with you know with the with the pressure and the high intensity that we had and actually press teams really really hard uh, and the goals we have scored against Lyon and Mil- and AC Milan the first ones actually from uh, great pressure like they you know we put pressure on their um the player having the ball and they lose it and we actually take advantage of it and everyone runs forward and we get options and we score, which I like. Obviously, like we said, it's it's friendlies, but I just like the way we did it. If we can take that back to the Premier League and actually put the pressure on teams that high up and win the ball, that's how we, I think that's how Liverpool is, how we are best in that way when we actually do that and we do it brilliantly. So I really like them. Uh, and obviously, Thiago's goal is brilliant as well. He's just a little wizard, like you said. He's, uh, you know, I hope he can score more of them goals in the in, in the Premier League and Champions League because he, he's he got it in him and I really love the way he just plays. But yeah, like you said, the Dar- Darwin Nunez goals are brilliant in the way that he's a striker who can just, you know, finish them off. But the, the, the passes from uh, Ben Doak and uh, from Bobby Clark is just perfect. Like, obviously, the Ben Doak one is... It's quite more simple because it's on the uh, on the uh, right hand side, and just have to actually put it into the box. And I think you know, well, it's easy to say it's just easy to do it, but you know, it's an easier way. But the Bobby Clark pass, like we've been showing on our Twitter, you know, Twitter account as well, uh, is brilliant. I know it's a friendly. Uh, I know it's not the you know the most intense game, or you know, maybe the highest intense intensity in a game as well. But just to actually put the ball through like that and actually just make sure it's perfectly just in front of David Nunes and his run. It's just, it's brilliant to see, to see from a, I think he's 17 year of age or whatever, um, Bobby Clark. So it's just nice to see that we got these youngsters who actually have an impact in games where they get the chance to play and actually show the skills for the, you know, for the majority of, of fans who maybe not like me, I don't really watch the youth teams or the, you know, the under twenties or whatever. I don't do that much because I don't really have the time, but when they come on now and actually show what they can do, it makes you really excited about what the future have you know to hold with them like especially them too and i know there's loads of other youngsters that are really good but uh bobby clark and ben doak is two really hot prospects that i think will actually be involved in first team um you know even this season they already been but you know going forward i think they will be actually coming on and playing cups and stuff so yeah it's great to see liverpool having these kind of talents in in the in the in the squad and uh, yeah what we can look forward to, to see them when they play yeah, Bobby Clark, yeah. Um, born on the 7th of February, 2005. That is... Yeah, it's weird. Crazy. Like, yeah. Istanbul, Istanbul, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I was turning 19 that summer. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, I know, it's crazy, isn't it? And like you said, like he's, he's he looks... From what I've only seen bits of him, like like what most of us have seen, like I've seen saw him in the, in the youth games and stuff. He looks like a good a, a good player. Obviously, he's a footy's in his blood. His dad, uh, Lee Clark, played for for various um, Premier League clubs and stuff. So um, the likes of like Newcastle, Sunderland, Fulham, and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. But I said the pass was like perfect. He had time on the ball, like you expect in a friendly, but. 
it was the it was the precision in right into Darwin's path and um yeah the power like a bit of backspin on it just to make sure it didn't go too far like it was just absolutely beautiful to watch so exactly um, you need, you have to execute it and he did it perfectly you know it's not just only actually pass like I would say loads of plays but you know do that pass but it might just not be perfect it might be too long it might be too short it might be you know for a defender to actually um. Uh, break it or whatever you call it but this is perfect and also in terms of the Nunez run like you have to put it perfectly so he don't have to slow down or yeah. he can just actually you know adjust himself to the ball and just finish it off he doesn't really have to do more than actually exactly. take another another nudge of it and actually finish and that's the that's the perfect pass even yeah. Steven Gerrard would have been so proud of it he would have or- that, that was it <laughs> I mean it was it was Stevie GS to be fair like the way, the way it was like curled in like outside the so you got that outside spin on it just to make sure it kind of went into the the path. But I mean, and it, I mean, like we said, it was it's easier in a in a friendly. But like it's like that was like made on the training ground. Like it, the pass was amazing. The run by Nunes and the finish was good. But it looked very good. But like that's like hard work on a training ground. Like you could see Bobby Clark as soon as he picked it up, he's his heads up and he Darwin Nunes is already on his bike and Bobby Clark kind of points with his finger like run now and i'll play it into the space and then like i said that we know how good darwin Nunes like in terms of like a how much he moves and um the movements and whatever like in behind like he's and, and the pace like the the milan defender just kind of gave up at the end the last the last 10 yards the milan <laughs> defender went oh fuck it it was like that it just reminded me of the um that clip in super bad where he's um seth rogan's chasing Camera, uh, is it is it McLovin? He's chasing McLovin, and he goes, oh, he's, the fa- "He's the fastest kid alive. He's the fastest kid alive." <laughs> it's just like, that's what I was thought straight away. It's just because he's just like he's just like the road runner. He's so fast, man. Uh, and yeah, yeah a lovely, and, lovely finish. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I, I saw. I, I can't remember the whole tweet now, but I saw someone actually tweeted about Darwin Nunez saying like it's not it's not Darwin Nunez or the chaos of Darwin Nunez or whatever we call it. If, if he's not like actually involved in goals, trying to control a ball, but it just bounces off him. He runs, you know, in the wrong directions or doing these different kind of things that is just weird, but then actually finish off two great goals and actually, you know, comes on the goal. Um, um, yeah, he's got these two goals and he does brilliant things as well. So it's just like loads of ups and downs with him, even if the ups are so much, you know, um, they are obviously seen more, but he said on the tweet, you say like, it's, it's why I love to watch him because it's, it's not always perfect, but he comes out of it with, you know, great stats and, you know, that he's had an impact on games and all that. So I just love that tweet because that's what I tweeted as well when he scored and I just checked on Twitter. Like it's like, it's the chaos that is Darwin Nunez. And even though I obviously want him to be more, you know, shaped as a striker and a little bit more clinical and a little bit more better with his technical stuff and touching stuff that will come but i just love that it's not always perfect because it brings something else and it's exciting to see as a you know as someone is just watching the footy yeah and i think it's like that's why it reminds me of torres a little bit because i mean torres was a bit more of a polished product when he came in because i think like the chelsea goal where he scored and he like on his anfield debut and he takes a pass there ben aim and like the way he did it like it was very close control and like very skillful um but yeah like the chaos is just yeah but i'm i'm right i'm right here for it uh but i was just that just reminded me of like um there's an account on twitter called the tactical times um and they put he done like a um a player report of darwin nunes like so far obviously like where we're up to in the season before um we kick back off again against aston villa in the premier league 
Um, yeah, and he, he put a tweet up saying Darwin Nunes has nine goals and three assists in 970 minutes for LFC. A goal or assist every 81 minutes and 1.1 per 90, and obviously zero penalties um, for a, for a new young player under huge scrutiny who hasn't settled in an, in a team missing players and not playing its best. It's superb. I was like, yeah, it really when you when you break it down, and I, I mean, like like we know stats can be misleading and whatever, but. The amount of minutes he's played and stuff, and the amount of assists and goals, like he's gonna, and it's only gonna, that's only gonna get better, like with the all round play, like you said, there, uh, Christian. So if you can get more, a few more assists in the in the locker and stuff like that, then yeah, it's fucking, it's exciting times to be fair, and and especially with players coming back. Um, obviously, with the other bad news about Luis Diaz being out till uh, probably March, we've got Jotter out till probably end of February, I think, or March as well. So we. People obviously clamouring for, for us to go into the transfer market and stuff, but um, hopefully, if Darwin Nunes can play at the top of his game and kind of alleviate any pressures, then he can he can score fucking shitloads for us, can't he? Yeah, um, we we don't know like if, what's going to happen in January, but also you know even if we don't go into buy or not to buy or whatever, that but he could play on the left hand side as well if we needed to. In Firmino play up front if the, you know because of Jota and um, Diaz being out, there's an option for even if, if I like Darwin Nunes to play as a strike, obviously because of of the goals he score and the, the speed and you know the f- f- physical things that he brings as a striker as well. But if we need him to play on the left-hand side, he can because he's got the speed and he's got the technical skills to do it. So it's it's an option, even though I would like to see us actually you know, do something because the Jot and, and Diaz situation is not ideal at all. It's a really bad one in terms of going forward this season, actually trying to secure a Champions League spot and all that. So, But he can. That's so what I'm saying like if we need him to play on the left hand side he's not only just a striker he's a very he's an like a striker who could play uh, in different um, positions so that's good as well for us yeah i think we all want him through the middle just for that <clears throat> we want yeah. we want to see those bobby clark passes through to him <laughs> into the space we want to see more of that but like you said like as a as a left winger like the pace that he's got i mean he can he can hurt anyone in world football with that pace it's it's like I mean, we got a glimpse of it when he was at Benfica and he was running past Andy Robertson and Joel Matip like they weren't there. And I was thinking, fucking hell, this kid's fast. But it's only when you get to watch him like every week that you realise just how dangerous he is. And he's a, he's a bit crazy, which <laughs> just feeds into all the, the chaos and stuff, doesn't it? So that's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, and yeah, I mean, like we said, the sh- sh- we were shouting out Bobby Clark for the assist with the first one. Like, yeah, Ben Doak came on with like 10 minutes to go as well. And, We've saw bits of Ben Doak so far, and we know like he just, all he wants to do is get the ball and run forward. And it's like that is so, it's so refreshing to see like a kid who's like that young just pick up the ball and go, I don't care who the right the left back is or the right back is, I'm going to run at you and, and take you on. And most of the time he will because he's so quick and nimble and agile, uh, and obviously he's got a good pass on him as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, fucking hell, I mean, I don't want to big players up too much, but. In terms of him, like just what he can, the the, the minutes he's had so far working on the clock, the players that we've got, he could be he could be really exceptional. I think we only got him for like six hundred thousand quid, which is like 
could be like yeah. one of the best deals we ever made. <laughs> yeah, and he already made his debut. I think I mentioned it before. He already made his debut for Celtic, like as a 16-year-old um, before we bought him. And, you know, if you play in the first team, um, making his debut for Celtic, even if it's Scottish League, you know, without saying that's obviously it's not the best in the world, but it's for a big team, a big European club as well, yeah. you know, in terms of history. Exactly. And, you know, only 16 years of age and actually coming in and showing that he got the skills and then going to Liverpool and then get the chance for, for us on the club. Uh, and we, the supporters, see what he can bring. And, you know, uh, like you said, it's it's very, it's tough on them to compare them. But I would say he looks like our own little Messi without saying he would ever be Messi, obviously, because that's that's just, you know, no one can ever be Messi. But in terms of playing with this little low, what do you call it, like... You know, he got the technical skills. He can go inside, outside. He's quick. He's fast. He's good with the ball, uh, and you can just see the similarities of the of his game. Without saying, obviously, Messi was fucking hell, he was the best player in the world when he was like sixteen, seventeen, anyway. And then he kept being the best player in the world till, until now, <laughs> almost. Yeah, exactly. But but you know what I mean. If you you know, being serious, like he's our own little Messi because he's got this little wizard thing, like you said, about him. And if he can keep on developing and playing on the club and actually get his chances, I think, you know, being 16 or I think maybe 17 years of age now, I can't remember, but he's still very, very young. But showing the skills that he has now and get the chance to develop them on the club and play games and obviously with Liverpool, giving youngsters the option to show themselves and progress I really looking forward to what Bobby Clark and Ben Doak will become, and hopefully, you know, they won't stop in their in their way of developing uh, as footballers or persons. But if already now you can see, well, this is great, and if they continue like that, it wouldn't take long until you can't keep them out from the team. Like I don't say play them now or play them instead of Salah this season or next season, but they will only be like eighteen, nineteen in like one or two years. But if they still show that they already developed loads, then you know, then it starts to become really hard to not play them because if we look back at the youngsters that we had through history with Gerard, Carragher, Owen Fowler, when it comes to ex exceptional talent, if they're, you know, they are, if they're good enough, they're old enough. You know what I mean? Like if you yeah. if you're really really good and as, as an 18 or 19 year old, then we just like we we need to keep playing them because they will only become better. Then they should play. So, yeah, them two are really exciting. So I think you know if they just continue, uh, then we will see them play for Liverpool in the in the seasons to come. Yeah, Ben Doak only just turned 17, didn't he? Last um, November because he signed a signed a professional deal as well. So. Yeah, sky's the limit, and I think on the clap, like he always says, he likes to leave a bit of a a bit of a gap in his squad for players that he's bought who are quality who are kids coming through the youth ranks. So, um, and he and he put his he put his trust in Trent Alexander Arnold uh, at a very young age. So, I mean, there's players who are in that bracket in other positions that they'll be looking at that going well. There's a pathway, and if if I play well enough in training and whatever, and I, whenever I get my minutes to come on and do do everything that I'm told or I'm just told to go and enjoy myself and especially someone like Ben Doak who just kind of he's just he just does what he wants but most of the time he does the right thing because he's got the pace and whatever to get in behind but he reminded me like just of um like Raheem Sterling a little bit <clears throat> when Raheem Sterling was coming through and Ra he was kind of um he didn't have any fear he'd kind of just pick, say in the same way pick up the ball run at people um yeah just getting in behind really easy because the pace that he's got and I think that's yeah, I think, I mean, if he can go on to be 
I mean, we, we don't really like Raheem Sterling as much anymore because he's a bit of a dickhead. But uh, <laughs> he he was very he was very good for for Liverpool. Obviously, not a Liverpool fan or whatever. Fancied leaving to win some trophies. Fair play to him. But um, I mean, if he can be as good as that, then yeah, we've got a an absolute GM. And just speaking of like players that we've signed and stuff, we might as well talk about some transfer news as well. We've just we've, we've, we've obviously covered the the results and stuff. So um, we touched on like Bellingham and stuff last time. Uh, but like we've had a few more links, the likes of like Enzo Fernandez, well, especially with Argentina getting to the World Cup final, uh, Sofia and Amrabat as well from Morocco, they've done really well as well. But there's players in there like midfielders. I think it's, we're, we're gonna we've probably been linked to every midfielder in the world, and we probably continue to will be that all continue <laughs> to happen just because we've gotten we're very short in, in that area, and um, and obviously everyone knows that we're in the market for mid, several midfielders hopefully um but what what have you made of um i mean what whatever what bits you've seen of enzo fernandez and, and amrabat I'm, i've been really impressed with both of them to be honest yeah like you mentioned in the start i haven't really watched the world cup so i couldn't say much about their performances uh in this tournament but uh i've seen enzo fernandez a little bit playing for benfica like not much but I've seen him, and I'm obviously you you do you do the YouTube things today, like you go and you know Google and search and just look at the things that people put together, and obviously it's always the, the best bits. But uh, in terms of age, in terms of what we need, in terms of you know quality, all obviously playing for his nat- you know his national team, Argentina in the World Cup now in a final as well. You know it it says something. You, you're not in a midfield in a in a team that goes far in a World Cup and actually, you know, have this spot in a midfield where it's, you know, it's vital in a football team to play in a midfield as well. Like, this, that's your in- engine and there's your, like, productivity and there's your, like, physical attribute as well in a midfield. So, you know, perfect age. Uh, if if Liverpool see him as a midfielder with the with the perfect skills to play for us, I'm 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 all up for it. And I, who who doesn't love an Argentinian in the team after Mascherano? So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, or Mascherano, yeah, or whatever you say. Uh, but um, yeah, Mascherano, whatever yeah, you fancy, uh, lad. Yeah. Uh, so I just I just think that's great. Uh, the other lad in uh, Morocco, I haven't seen at all. I think he plays for Fiorentina, but I don't really watch the Italian league. But uh, people say that he's been, you know, really, really great as well. What I've read on Twitter, you know, with, uh, in, f- about this World Cup as well. But I, I just trust Liverpool. Like, if they actually, you know, look at the player and think like, hmm, there's someone with the skills that we need who can actually contribute to our game, what we need in terms of how we play I'm all up for it. And, you know, with the age as well, I think, you know, he's a little bit older, but in the perfect age of actually maybe uh, coming in to make an impact straight away. But like you said, we need midfielders. If we could have one now in January and then buy two or three in the summer, which will be tough in terms of what they will cost and in terms of what player we're actually after. But if we can have a plan and we can actually see something happens, I will be I will be happy. But uh, it will be hard to see who we're going to get and why and when. <laughs> Because, yeah. like you said, we we we're looking for several midfielders, and everyone wants Jude Bellingham, obviously. But he's yeah. going to be the most expensive one if we buy him. Let's say if we actually get him, will we have the finances to actually go and buy Enzo Fernandez as well, or how will we actually pay Dortmund, for example? Will we actually pay like a, 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 an amount every season for a certain time, or you know? It, it all comes down to how we actually do the deals and if we can actually afford to, let, let's say, bring them to in. I, I don't know. It's a tough one. But if we do, yeah, I'm, I'm all happy. I'm just going to dance and 
be happy. <laughs> I think it's just exciting to exactly. Um, anytime you sign a new player, and and generally, like we've discussed before, like we usually do really well at like not signing knobheads, signing players that are perfect for the system. Uh, like Canate, for example, like he's in the World Cup final. Yeah. He's, he played what a player! What a player! Fuck he's just <clears throat> yeah, just one of them. Like it's just weird because like when you go and you're looking at a club and it's like oh, Upa is like the main guy. And then we go and sign Canate, and they're like, people are like, oh, you've signed, you've signed the worst of the two there, you know. Well, it's like it turns out like a year later, we've signed probably the best young defender in world football, and that's not even an exaggeration. He's he's genuinely that good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Amrabat, I've saw a bit. He looks good. Uh, very Fabinho esque, I think. Like he he's twenty six, so a couple of years younger than Fabinho, but he just looks like he's got a lot of energy. He gets stuck in. There was a lovely tackle against France where he Mbappe skips past him like and like Mbappe's rapid and then Amrabat just catches him up and just slices him in half and gets the ball back and you're like yes yeah I've seen, I've seen that one love, I've seen that one love <laughs> stuff like that just love like good old school like challenges and they're not they're not penalised for it um, yeah so I mean I was speaking to Simon Rimmer on Twitter shout out to Simon Rimmer and he was just saying like he reminds him of. Fabinho as well. Um, we'll try and get Simon Rimmer back on the pod, just have a little chat about the Reds as well uh, in the near future. Um, I, I meant to do it at the start of the show, but I'll just give a shout out to Jack Design. I know it's, um, we're very close to Crimbo, and if you order stuff now, you probably won't get it before Christmas. Uh, but if you head over to jackdesign.uk forward slash shop and enter the code COP810 on checkout, you can get 10% off anything you want. Uh, I imagine it'll have, like, uh, like Boxing Day sales, and, um, yeah, the, the space in between Christmas Day and um, New Year's Day, it'll probably have loads of new deals on as well, um, which I'll, I'll see if we can be a part of as well, because we've done a good one over Christmas the last couple of weeks where <clears throat> he had a couple of prints for a pound, which we... Um, we both promoted on each of our channels um, on social media and stuff so that those done really well and, and especially having like cheap and affordable presents for people because it's it's a tough time to be um, it's, it's a tough time to be living as, as much as, as weird as that is to say um, everything's just so expensive people are going to be struggling um, to buy stuff for the kids um, heat the house buy food just like basic stuff which is like just a testament to how badly this country's being run at the moment. So anything that we can do by small little deals like this where we can potentially get someone a present for for a pound or whatever, then we'll we'll do that. But if you if you head over to jackdesign.uk forward slash shop and enter the code copy ten, you can get ten, yourself ten percent off as well. Which even if it's stuff the pound and you want to go over and enter that code, you'll get you'll still get ten P off. So it'll be ninety P. So that'll help you even more if you fancy doing that. So if you want to go and do that, then then please do because there's loads of good deals on there, and they'll continue continue to be so. Um, continue to do so until um, probably like January time. So um, yeah, nice one. Um, but yeah, let's just get back into the the footy a little bit then because we've talked a lot about um, our team and who we've got and whatever. But coming up, coming up very sharply. Uh, in, in a fixture list is the, the the first proper game back for Liverpool, which will be Man City, which is in four days' time. How are you feeling, lad? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because obviously that was first not uh, like when we progressed in the cup. Then the next game for us to play after the World Cup was actually the Boxing Day game against Aston Villa. Then obviously we got through, and this was scheduled to play be played on the 22nd, um, which is nice. Uh, 
because yeah, my 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 family, my mum, my brother, and his girlfriend will come up to where I live to spend the Christmas weekend. You know, and spend a few days with us, and you know all that. So obviously, he's a Liverpool supporter as well. So it will be nice to just sit down and actually watch that. So I'm looking forward to that game actually in terms of being with my brother and family, because uh, that doesn't happen loads because uh, we live. No, not far, far, but still like three, four hours on drive uh, away from each other. So I'm looking forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to see Liverpool being back in action in in a, comp- a competitive game where you know you 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 win your progress. If you lose, you're out. Obviously, it's the cup and Premier League and Champions League is more important. But I, I always just love to try to you know get City out of a cup or just actually win against them because I I don't really I don't really like them. Uh, and also <laughs> like what 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 I've seen from them Twitter as well is that they struggle to sell uh, tickets um, for this game at their stadium and. You mentioned when we started, Mick, that they are also looking at the, you know, expanding their stadium. Uh, why was the first thing that we said together? Because they can't even fill it now. So, you yeah. know, uh, that's the thing. Like they struggle to actually sell tickets to a game where you know everyone should be busting to be back in, you know, in with the footy uh, again. So it says it all about their fan base and the club. Uh, that's uh, my <laughs> point of view. Anyway, uh, in terms of a big game, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because it is a big game, and I just love to you know, see, you know, in in beforehand that we actually, you know, win and kick them out of the cup. And it just, it should just be a great feeling, obviously. So I'm not that, I'm not like nervous or anything like that, because if we do go out, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a sad thing. And you always want to win, but still you have to just rate the Premier League and the Champions League this season, because we need to progress in terms of uh, going higher up in the Premier League table to secure a Champions League spot for next season. That's my like priority. And obviously the Champions League with Real Madrid coming up later, that's just something you have to see and try if you can go and uh, achieve. But yeah, so yeah, just a, just a good game. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, like I said, an interesting one where the holders uh, getting City early doors is probably for the best. So we can, I mean, people are saying whoever wins this will win the cup. But I think the way we're playing at the minute, I think even if we lose, I think it's win-win for us because if we if we lose, we go well. We didn't want to win anyway because we want to focus on the Premier League and Champions League. <laughs> uh, but if we win, then yeah, go through the next round, then we we can see if we want to fancy winning the cup again. So there's loads of positives. Like so, um, yeah. Like the thing is, if we go out, I'll be like, oh, fuck it, because I always want to win. But, it, you know, it, it, like I said, in terms of priority, it, it's not, it's not, you know, the worst thing in the world if we do. Uh, I hope we win. I want to go through. I want to win the cup because I want to win everything. But if we go out, then, yeah, let's focus on the Premier, Premier League and Champions League. You know, that's the, that's the main focus, obviously. Exactly. And then we've got obviously got um, the Villa game like four days after that, Boxing Day. So... We've got a nice little four-day gap between the cup game and um, and, and and the Villa game to kind of get ourselves ready again for the for the next one. But it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be fit and available for for City and for us in in that game. So uh, I mean, we were, we had a pretty full, I mean, pretty pretty good strength squad against Milan. To be fair, uh, so we imagine we'll be obviously Canate plays in the World Cup final today. So fingers crossed for Ibu that he um, that he does it. Uh, because I mean, imagine. Like, I think I said this at the start of the World Cup. Like the one person I, I do fancy to win is France, and like I'll imagine how amazing that'll be for Canate. Like, just made a move to Liverpool, done really well. He's for us. He's became amazing. Like, he's amazing. He's one of the best in the world. Like best young defender, and then he goes on and hopefully plays because he played it in the last game. Um, 
hopefully plays tonight and, and, and lifts the trophy because like that can be a major, major catalyst for him to kind of just ele- even elevate his game, which would be even scarier, wouldn't it? Like <laughs> if he could do that. Yeah, yeah, there was like even if I did I haven't watched the World Cup, like you can't you can't come away from reading stuff and you know um, have have a few feelings into it, like put a few feelings into it. And if there were like two players that I really wanted to you know be able to lift it, if it wasn't obviously with Henderson, obviously with England, but um, in terms of the teams that I thought will be able to go. Uh, to the final win, it was France, and like you said, Konate is one of them. But I would have loved that if you know Virgil van Dijk would have actually lifted it because I'm a fan of Dutch football and the Netherlands. As I always liked them since I was a kid with Clayford and you know um, them kind of players. Edgar David was one of my favorites as well. Uh, so that would have been nice. But Konate, like you said, a young centre back, being one of the best young centre backs in the world, and actually just coming into the uh, France team and play in a World Cup would be amazing. But then I read, you know, something about there's a few players actually being sick and I thought he was one of them. But I, so I haven't read anything more about him being ready or not because I don't know what's been going on if there was COVID or something else. Uh, I haven't really read into it. But uh, hopefully he plays. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I did see something like that, but they kind of just said like a couple of... Because I think Rabio um, missed the last game uh, and someone else missed it through like flu type symptoms i don't know if it was covid or not but yeah probably got what i've got now as you can tell by my voice <laughs> it's that off really good and the more i've been speaking my voice yeah. is just absolutely going to shit i feel uh, the same in one way <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it is what it is yeah it's sound. Um, but uh, but also with canata like if he lifts us it's good for liverpool but in in terms of also like football like if, if you think why are the liverpool wouldn't it wouldn't it be the perfect like I wouldn't say ending of a career, but obviously maybe international career for Messi to actually lift the World Cup because that is the last big trophy that he's missing because he won the Copa Libertadores for Argentina, didn't he? Uh, so and then he won everything else in club football. So that's the like the last big trophy that he's missing. And if he actually wins that, like that would be a nice little send off, I would say. But uh, yeah, but in be... with a Liverpool view, obviously Konata is uh, the preferred one. Exactly. I think like yeah, Messi's the best of all time for me. And if you win the world, he wins the World Cup. It's like the like the cherry on top of the cake, isn't it? That it'll be like yeah. that, like the perfect career for him. Then, but I just selfishly want Canate to win it at what is he twenty three? Because then next one he'd be twenty seven, and then if he goes and wins it again, he like it's always those like stories, like the the, the back. <coughs> Like the background narratives that people use, like how many trophies have they won, like internationally, like to make to elevate them to be like the the best in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So if like Canati wins a World Cup at twenty three, then like, and then we we go on and win more trophies at Liverpool. He does more with France. Then the the more he can raise his profile as being like starter for France, like the main guy, the first name on the team sheet. Because he's he's not been he's been on the bench a few times, like surprisingly for me, like. Uh, Obviously, Varane's like the main fella for Deschamps, like um, he trusts him or whatever. But even Meccano, whenever I've seen him, like looks very, very shaky. Like I don't know why you pick him ahead of Canate. I, I honestly don't, unless Deschamps just fancies like two uh, mixing and matching different partnerships to get the best one to see who's the yeah. best ones are. But for me, Canate, uh, especially in the game against Morocco, he's he, he was man of the match because he kept him in the game. Them like goal saving challenges, like they were, Morocco about to score one particular chance, and Canate's leg just came out of nowhere and, and blocked it. So, yeah, it's good. It's a good as a goal down the other end. That so, um, I mean, but it's nice. It's nice to see a player, one of our players, doing doing absolute 
boss bits for the for the country. Um, yeah, but I, I was happy with uh, all the you know great stuff that was you know said and written about Jordan Henderson as well. Uh, obviously, the Liverpool supporters love him. There's <laughs> a bunch that you know don't rate him because of different things, but you know I, I don't I don't agree with them. They, they can think that you know Henderson might not, and I I think as well he should not play every game, but he's still the captain. He's still a good footballer. He's still a very important person to have around in a squad. People do forget how important it is to have the right personalities in a squad people always think it's just about the quality of players yes it's a big thing but it's also very important to have the right type of mentality and personalities in a squad like Milner like Henderson because they are their ultimate like pros and they know what it takes to win everything and they can actually give that to younger more unexperienced players like Doak and Bobby Clark or whatever in the long term as well so but to actually see him, um, you know, well, obviously not see him because I haven't watched the games, but to read that he, you know, got into the England uh, team and played a few games. And obviously I've, I've seen a few highlights on Twitter. You can't actually come away from it because it's it's there in your, uh, you know, when you, you go through it. So, you know, to see him score and actually, you know, people saying he played well and, you know, that his reputation as a footballer has actually been turned around again, you know, for a lot of people. I like that because for me, you know, he's, he's still the... One of the, you know, he's the captain that won everything for Liverpool. So, you know, he's he's, he's a legend for us. And, uh, you know, people forget how important that type of person and player is to have in a football club. Yeah, I don't think there's certain people that you're saying about, like, that don't rate Henderson are the ones that just want, like, us to spend, like, 100 million on Bellingham, but then also spend, like, another 200 million on another four midfielders, like, because they just want... It's, they think it's footy manager and they don't factor in like or like you said all the background stuff where on the training ground given all those little bits of insight to the likes of a Doak and a, uh, and a and a Bobby Clark and a Harvey Elliott players who are still in the squad but they can be they can still be guided on the way in the right path and if you've got those players in the squad then yeah I, I, I think like, I agree with you like you shouldn't start every week especially if we're yeah, trying to keep people fit, but in terms of like a, an influence on the dressing room and stuff, and him and Milner have been, you can't put a price on that. I think Klopp said that before as well. And I mean, it, it does sound like a bit like he's just saying that to keep them around, but like, why else would he do it? Just just for, just for a laugh, doesn't make any Ex- sense. Exactly, and he's the manager, and he's a great man-to-man person like he he get to know people and he that's what he rate as well when he wants a football player like he said I, I think i said it before in a show but i say it again there was someone they talked about buying that we got now i can't remember who it was in the squad but they were looking at someone and when they sat down to talk to the agents or the, the player himself like they Klopp said in an interview that you know, when it comes into football, we don't really speak about it because we know he can play football because that's why, why we want him. For me, it's more important to actually get to know him as a person, what kind of type of man he is, like family-wise, outside the pitch, you know, morals, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that fits into, he wants the, he wants the right kind of mentalities and personalities that he thinks this is the perfect match for playing for a club like Liverpool and I really like that and you know I, I rather much more trust Klopp and what he thinks than you know someone on Twitter who say oh I don't like Henderson he's not good he shouldn't play or we shouldn't we don't need him sell him or whatever it's like ah well I, I trust what Klopp said little wanker <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just tired yeah. of them sorry but that's the, that's the no thing. no yeah because like we we take into account a lot more stuff than other clubs like we we I imagine we could assign loads of players since we've had Klopp, but they've not been the right 
character who've not been exactly come in and they can be a disruptive influence and that's what we don't want so um yeah let's let's just see when we get everyone back if we can just start to looking forward now to city and obviously getting getting everyone back and seeing seeing where we are because we we started this season with um it was with the win over city wasn't it in the um in the community shield so it's kind of like it's weird that it's like it came full circle again we started like really well against city and then we had a bit of a weird start but it was that we all it was all the efforts were up to try and get ready for that city game so it's kind of we're doing that again <laughs> in a way for the the Carabao Cup game and hopefully we'll go on to start to do it a lot better than we did and then like have the Fulham game and stuff where just a proper weird start weird start to the season we need to start like a house on fire hopefully and then um, start to get some wins on the board and get some points on the board yeah, and it's a it's a good game as well. But City to actually think like whatever if we if we win or go out, it's still a, you know a big game where we need to use speed, like try to be the best as we can. Obviously, in terms of what players are actually back and available for us after the World Cup, but to put the best and strongest team out there to play City, do it the best we can. But because even though if we win or go out, it would be a great like little start for playing Aston Villa on a boxing day because that's the actually in my view it's actually the mo- more important game of them too to get three points against Villa in the Premier League to start off the Premier League well this um well in, ahead of the new year because uh so I think it's a great start to play City now to actually just get up to that level straight away playing against a team that we know is great um under Pep uh, and it will be a tough test and if we can win it that's brilliant uh and we can take it from there to go against Aston Villa I, I actually think it's better to do that even though if we could if we do go out I think it's a good start to play them now to go into Aston Villa game instead of just only going to the Aston Villa game because it could be a slow start you know what I mean like like the engine hasn't really kicked in you know it, it just it's it's the first game after the World Cup and all that, so I think it's I think it's actually could benefit us to play City even if we go out just to make sure that we got the first biggest test and then okay Aston Villa get the fucking hit of it like bam we go and take them down for three pounds uh, points. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and yeah, just just Villa like they've their last two Premier League games before the break they beat Man United three one and they beat Brighton three right. one. Uh, Obviously, you know, you know, Emery's there now, isn't he? So, um, would have been interesting if it was still Stevie, like going to their place would have been difficult, but I think it'll be even more difficult because we know how good you know, Emery is as a coach. So, that's going to yeah. be a difficult game, but we're looking forward to it, aren't we? Lad? We're looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, I think we can, I think we've covered quite a lot there 45 minutes worth. <laughs> Went off on a few tangents, but it's all Liverpool related, it's all good stuff. Uh, and yeah, just another shout out for Jack Design. So, if you're, if you're still looking for maybe not Christmas presents, it's probably too late, but just presents in general for, for anyone like good quality Liverpool stuff, then yeah, get yourself over to jackdesign.uk forward slash shop and enter the code COPI10 to get yourself 10% off. Um, but yeah, Christian, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there, lad. Nice one for um, jumping on. Uh, like I said, at the start of the show, it's been a week and a half since we've done one, but um, if, me, if me voice holds out, we'll try and do one couple next <laughs> week. Uh, we'll try and do at least two or three a week. Just to kind of, because um, we, we, we know we're now audio, so we need to start pushing out the shows a, a bit more, uh, especially with the games coming thick and fast over the Christmas period and January and stuff. We'll be, there's loads of, hopefully loads of Liverpool wins on the on the horizon for us uh, to talk about. Um, but yeah, nice one for listening and um, we'll, we'll see you all very soon.
Sports Social Podcast Network.